Hello. Merry Christmas. I'm so glad you guys are here. For those of you watching online, welcome. Cozy at home in your, in your houses. But it's cold here today, but I love it. I love it. It feels like Christmas. Can you believe there are only six days left until Christmas? I want to do a little survey today. Uh, just to ask you just two questions. First, just by show of hands, how many of you are excited for Christmas? All right, all right, most of you, that's awesome. Now, follow-up question, how many of you are a little stressed during this Christmas season? Okay, yeah, thank you, thank you for being honest. You know, the message God gave through the angels that first Christmas was peace on earth. Christmas is supposed to be about peace on earth, but we let ourselves get so wrapped up with so many things to do. You know, we have gifts to buy and Oh, man, did I get something for everyone on our list this year? And, and then there's so many events to attend. They, they've got the, uh, the Nutcracker playing at TSC, or, or you want to take your kids to, to get pictures with Santa at Bass Pro Shop, or another relative invites you to their Christmas party. <laughs> you know, there are some things you have to go to, but you don't have to go to everything. Last week, my daughter Cecily was in a play, Flat Stanley Jr., The Adventures of Flat Stanley Jr., and it was playing right in the middle of the workday, like 9 a.m., Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But I was going to be there. I was going to attend. I wanted to be there for my little girl. But you don't have to go to everything. I don't know who needs to hear this this morning, but I'm giving you permission to say no. You don't have to say yes to every Christmas event. Now, you can lovingly, graciously, but firmly say, I'm so sorry, but we already have plans. And you don't have to tell them it's plans to rest, <laughs> plans to enjoy Christmas, to celebrate what Christmas is about. That's why this Christmas Eve, we are going to share with you a gift, our Christmas streaming special. We're going to invite you, Pastor Kenny is going to invite you into his home with his family to enjoy a Christmas tradition with them. And we're going to stream it out Christmas Eve, that's Friday, at 7 o'clock. And you don't have to go anywhere. You can bring Christmas into your gathering. It's not another event you have to attend. Though, maybe some of you are saying, well, I don't have anywhere to be Christmas Eve. Maybe you're saying, I don't have any family here. I don't have any friends here. Maybe you feel like nobody wants you. We want you. We want you here. If you have nowhere to be Christmas Eve, I want to invite you to come. Celebrate Recovery will be open Christmas Eve, Friday at 7, and we will have our Christmas streaming special up here on the big screen, and you can sing along with us, and afterwards we'll have open share like we often do, like we always do at Celebrate Recovery. I want you to know you are not alone. Here's what God promised 700 years before that first Christmas. He said, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. And that is a Hebrew word, which means God is with us. What does that mean for us? I want to share with you a clip from Christmas with the Chosen, talking about that verse, Emmanuel. 
there's something better than words or statues or names. It's something the prophet Isaiah foretold. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. It's not about the name Emmanuel. It's about the manifestation of that name, the audacious this really happened miracle of God taking on human skin, arriving down at our level, surrounded by straw, barn animals, manure, tears, a wooden feeding trough for a crib. Frightened parents way over their heads, total strangers barging in on the whole scene, every detail so deeply human and raw. And he was willing to go through it. Even the worst. I would come 33 years later, all for one reason, to be with us. It almost sounds too good to be true. And that's because if there's one thing you could say God is too much of, was a little overboard with, it's goodness and truth. That we're not alone anymore. Emmanuel. God with us. The messages we've received mean we are not hearers only, but doers. And messengers of word proclaiming the news to the four corners of the earth, inviting all to come and see that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. In him was the life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And it never can, and it never will. It's not that people ought to know, people could know, people should know, but people must know. The wait is over. Where are the messengers now? If you haven't seen that yet, you can watch it for free on YouTube. Search Christmas with the Chosen. But that's the message. We're not alone. God became one of us. Here's the promise we've been looking at throughout our series. It's in Isaiah 9, 6. You can find this in your program. I want you to look at this. I want you to read this. For those of you watching online, your host will share a link in the chat. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. When you don't know what to do, when you don't know where to go, God is our Wonderful Counselor. He's our Mighty God. When you need a miracle, when you feel like you're under attack, our mighty God is there. He will fight our battles. He's our everlasting Father, literally the Father of eternity. He put us here in this moment, in this season right now for a reason. God has a purpose for your life. And Jesus is our Prince of Peace. Now, the word prince here in the Bible, it's not talking about like Prince Charming, someday my prince will come and he's going to come and he's going to sweep you off your feet. It's not talking about the son of a king. Now, Jesus is the son of God, the king of kings. Jesus is coming to rescue us, but that's not what this word is saying. This word for prince, most of the time in the Bible, it is translated as captain, commander, leader, ruler, 
In fact, even when the Bible uses the word prince, it's not referring to the son of a king. It's referring to an official, a leader, someone you look up to, someone you follow. Jesus is our prince of peace. He leads us to peace. And the word peace in the original language is shalom. It's this beautiful word, shalom. And shalom is not just tranquility. It's not quietness. Shalom means wholeness, health, safety, prosperity. In fact, in Israel, where they speak Hebrew, they use the word shalom as a greeting. When you say hi to someone, it's shalom. When you say bye, shalom. Say that, shalom. Shalom, because you're wishing a blessing on the person you're talking to. I wish wholeness and health and peace and prosperity on you. And would you agree? We could use some shalom. These past few years with the pandemic and division and riots and war and economic depression, we need shalom. And Jesus, our Prince of Peace, he says, I will lead you to peace. But what will not bring us peace? See, sometimes we look for peace in the wrong places. What will not bring us peace first? More money. I know sometimes we think, man, if I just had a little more money, all my problems would be solved. But that's not true. When we have more money, we use it to buy more things. When we have more money, we have more wants, and that more wants brings more stress and more trouble. The Bible says people who work hard sleep well, whether they eat little or much, but the rich seldom get a good night's sleep. More money will not bring you peace. Maybe we think new relationships. You know, if I can just find that special someone, and and you watch the Hallmark Christmas special where you know In the end, she's going to end up with that, you know, nice farmer or whatever. (laughs) I have a friend who, who she tapes these things starting in July, and all season long, she just watches Hallmark Christmas specials, and it's happily ever after. Well, as someone who is married to a good, godly, beautiful woman, it's not happily ever after. Relationships take work. Now, you can have peace in your marriage, but marriage does not bring peace. Relationships are work. A baby will not bring you peace. And we can have peace in our families, peace with our kids, but relationships take work. A new relationship will not bring you peace. Or maybe you think, I need a better position. You know, if I could just get that raise, if I could just get that promotion, and I'd be over all the guys, and I could kick back and tell them what to do, then I'd have peace. No. Every promotion, every higher position just means we have newer and bigger problems to solve. Higher promotions mean bigger problems. I have a friend, and we're just going to call him Bob. That's not his name, but I'm going to call him Bob. And Bob, he worked his way up. He started sweeping a gas station, and he worked his way up and was promoted until he was vice president of a successful oil company. 
And he was making six figures. He was living in a big house. He had a pool. He had a jacuzzi. And you think Bob is living the good life. Bob was never more stressed out. See, every decision that Bob had to make could cost the company millions of dollars. Can you imagine that? Every decision is a million-dollar decision. Even when he was on vacation, Bob could not relax. He was constantly on the phone putting out fires at work. And Bob told me, we were happier when we were poor. Having a better position, more money, did not bring Bob peace. Happy to tell you, since that time, Bob has left that job. He is now a truck driver. And you might think, well, that's a step down. No, Bob loves what he does. He has never been more happy. I've never known him to have more peace. See, more money, new relationships, better position, that won't bring you peace. Only Jesus the Prince of Peace can lead us to peace. I want to share with you something Jesus said. I, I read this this past week, and it spoke to me. It was exactly what I needed. Here's what Jesus said, Matthew chapter 11. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you a heart attack. No, that's not what it says. What does it say? I will give you what? rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. I'm going to explain that in a minute. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. I want to break down this passage for us today and see how does Jesus, the Prince of Peace, lead us to peace this Christmas? How can you and I find peace? First, bring your troubles to Jesus. Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. All of you who have troubles. All of your stresses. Do you ever feel like you're just being crushed under the weight of your trouble? Do you ever just feel exhausted? Jesus says, come to me. Bring it to me. This past Monday, I finished my third of four years of grad school. And this, well, thank you. But, but let me tell you, this past semester was the hardest semester I've ever had. And that's not just because of the classes I took. I took Greek 4. What was I thinking? And, and by the way, thank you for all of you who prayed for my 12-page paper. I did get it done on time. Thank you for your prayers. But it, it wasn't just the classes. It was school on top of, I want to be a good husband to my wife. I want to be a good father to my children. And on top of that, I, I'm a pastor here at BCF Church, and all of these things weighing down on me, there are times I thought, I don't know if, I, if I'm going to make it. I don't know if I'm going to get through this semester. And then I read this verse. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. 
And I said, okay, Jesus, I'm going to come to you. I'm bringing my troubles to you. God, I'm bringing my school assignments. I'm bringing my responsibilities. I'm bringing these weights, and I'm putting it on you. The Bible says, cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He says, give it to me. It's like, how many of you are, are parents? Have you ever traveled with your little ones? And you're going through the airport, and they've got their, their luggage, their suitcase, their backpack full of clothes. And you're like, here, let me take that. I'm like, no, this is mine. And they're like, lugging this thing along. And, and you know they're, they're just not going to make it. They're getting worn out. And you're saying, here, give it to me. I got this. See, there are some burdens that you and I are carrying that Jesus never meant us to carry. Maybe you're at work and you're thinking, you know, I've got to finish this project. I've got all these pressures on me. I've got to finish this job site. I'm running out of time. And Jesus says, give that to me. Maybe you're weighed down by a weight of guilt. You're carrying this guilt for things you've done in your past. And Jesus says, give that to me. I paid for it on the cross. You are forgiven. Come to me, Jesus says, and I will give you rest. Now, actually, in the original language, the, the action of this sentence is not give. Jesus isn't saying, I'm going to give you a gift and it's rest. The action of this sentence is the word rest. It's written like Jesus says, I will rest you. He's saying, I will cause you to rest. Sometimes Jesus has to cause us to rest because we're working so hard and we, and we work on our day off and, and we're staying up late when we should be sleeping. And Jesus says, no, slow down. Or sometimes he knocks us on our back with a cold or a flu. He said, I'm going to make you rest. It's like the, the psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. That phrase, makes me lie down, same idea. He doesn't just let me lie down. He's saying, I'm going to make you lie down. I'm going to teach you to rest. Come to me. Bring me your troubles. What is weighing you down today? What is that trouble on your mind that just won't let you rest? Give it to Jesus right now. I have a prayer. I'm going to put it up here on the screen. I want to invite you to just pray this right now. Say, Jesus, here is my trouble. And you tell him what it is. And say, Jesus, I'm giving it to you right now. Just tell him that right now. Jesus is our Prince of Peace. He will lead us to peace. Bring him your troubles. Second, we find peace by learning humility and gentleness from Jesus. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. Now, what is a yoke? It's not Y-O-L-K, like eggs. It's Y-O-K-E. That is this wooden instrument that, that these, uh, the cows would use. These, these bulls would have this, this big wooden instrument on them that would help them pull a heavy load. And Jesus said, I want to help you. He's not saying, I'm going to give you eggs. You want them scrambled sunny side up. Jesus is saying, I am going to help you. I'm going to teach you how to live. Jesus said, let me teach you. I am humble and gentle at heart. Jesus says, I'm going to teach you how to be humble and gentle. 
I want you to underline that, humble and gentle, because my tendency is the opposite. When I feel disrespected, when I feel confronted, my tendency is to be proud and abrasive. And my wife tells me this. This was not in the middle of an argument. This was a time when I was ready to listen. And she says, I need to tell you something. Sometimes you act like you are always right. And that comes across as arrogant. And I said, but sometimes I am right. <laughs> that's not humility. That's pride. Because humility says, I could be wrong. This is what I believe. I could be wrong. Humility is willing to listen. And not just listening so I can argue with you. Have you ever done that? That's just me? Okay. It's listening to understand. I want to know where you're coming from. I don't just want to fight with you. I want to understand you. That's humility. Here's a good prayer. Jesus, teach me how to listen. Teach me how to listen, Jesus, and teach me how to be gentle at heart. That phrase means thinking of others as more important than myself. Here's what the Bible says. Do nothing out of rivalry or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Make your attitude that of Christ Jesus. See, Christ Jesus is the perfect example. Jesus the Son of God, the creator of the universe, became one of us. Emmanuel, God with us. He was born as a baby in a smelly stable. He grew up and became a man, and he died on the cross for us. The Bible says he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death on a cross. Because Jesus said to you and me, your life is more important than my own. He died so we could have freedom. He rose again from the dead, and he says, I want to give you new life. How can you put others first this Christmas? Well, a great way is by giving to others in need. We have our Christmas angels this year, and we still have about 20 boys and girls, people from our church, BCF Church, or parents that I need help getting gifts to my kids. And we, the church, say, I can do that. I can sponsor a child. If that's God speaking to you, when we're done today, stop by our table right back there with Gisela and Mari Carmen and Santiago and say, okay, I can buy a gift for a boy or a girl this year. They're saying, I'm putting them before me. It's serving others. It's, it's doing the jobs no one wants to do, like taking out the trash without being asked, guys. Or it's, it's you're lying in bed at night, and I'm all cozy, and, and I'm, I'm ready to go to sleep, and my wife says, I'm thirsty. And her cup of water is downstairs. And she says, how much do you love me? And I know I love her at least enough to go downstairs and get her cup of water. Why? Because I'm saying your comfort is more important than my own. Now, why would we want to do this? This goes against our nature. Because Jesus says, if you do this, if you put others first, you will find rest for your souls. 
Circle that word find. It means discover. See, first God says, I will make you rest. But now he says, if you learn how to be gentle, how to be humble, how to put others first, I'll teach you how to discover rest for yourself. Let Jesus, our Prince of Peace, lead you to peace this Christmas. Give him your troubles. Learn humility and gentleness. And then number three, take up the responsibilities Jesus has given you. Jesus said, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. There's still a yoke. There's still a burden. Jesus says, I don't offer you a trouble-free life. I don't offer you a life free from responsibility. Jesus says, I have things for you to do, but the burden is light. There were once three painters. They'd each been given a commission, a job, to paint the picture of the word rest. And the first painter, he painted this, this beautiful landscape, and there's this still, quiet pond reflecting a mountain in the background. But that's not the picture of rest here. God's not saying, I'm going to take you away from the world. Now, sometimes we do need to get away from the world, but that's not the picture of rest here. The second painter, he painted a farmer, and he was taking a nap in the shade of a huge pile of bales of hay. He'd done his work, and now he's resting. But that's not the picture either. See, Jesus is not saying, I'm going to take you out of the world. I'm going to, you're going to be done with work. Now, one day we will go to heaven and we'll be, have rest from all of our work here on earth. But that's not the picture. That's not where we need rest right now. The third painter painted a waterfall. Rushing waves and, and in this current and white rapids rushing off a cliff and pouring down hundreds of feet below just this picture of power and, and chaos. And above the waterfall, on the edge of a cliff, was a branch. And on the branch was a nest. And in the nest is a mother bird feeding her baby chicks. And the mother bird is not worried about the waterfall. She's not worried about the, the pouring waters over the cliff. She's focused on just taking care of her babies. That's the picture God has for you and me. He doesn't take us out of the world. He doesn't take us away from our troubles. He says, I will give you the work to do. And when you focus on the work I've given you to do, you don't have to worry about the chaos around you. He says, I will teach you how to live. The Bible says, in Christ, God made us to do good works. Underline that. He made us to do good works. God says, I have work for you to do. But the work I give you to do, it's easy. And not easy because it's simple. Easy because it's what you were made to do. Every week, as I, I prepare to teach here, I, I spend days studying and saying, God, what are you saying to me? And then I come out here and I, I give God's message to you three times. And yes, that can be tiring at the end of the day. You can ask my wife, I'll take a nap. But at the same time, it's life-giving because I'm doing what God made me to do. 
What has God created you to do? Maybe you don't know. You're saying, well, what God has God created me to do? Ask yourself, what have I done? Where have I worked or where have I volunteered or what ministries have I served in that just put a smile on my face? That's a clue. This is something God made you to do. Or maybe you're at work and you're miserable. You don't have any joy. Well, that's a clue that something's wrong. Maybe you're doing something Jesus hasn't asked you to do. Maybe you're a parent, and, and you know, as parents, we, we raise our children, we care for them, we love them, we nurture them, and then they become adults. And maybe they're making their own choices, and their choices, it's just a burden on you. It weighs on you. You know they're going down the wrong path. Jesus says, give that to me. That's my responsibility. Maybe your husband won't stop drinking and it weighs on you, and it troubles you. Jesus says, give that to me. I'll take that. You know, if you're at work and you're miserable, I'm not saying quit your job. But maybe ask yourself, God, is this what you want me to do? And Jesus, if I'm where you want me to be, then show me. Show me who you want to talk to. Show me who you want me to reach. Jesus, show me what you want me to do here. And Jesus, if this is not where you want me, Jesus, show me where you want me to be. Here's a great prayer for all of us every day. Jesus, what do you want me to do today? He's our leader. He's our captain. He's our commander, our prince of peace. Jesus, lead me today. Make this your daily prayer. Jesus, what do you want me to do today? See, this was how Jesus lived his life. Jesus said, I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. Every day Jesus said, Father, what do you want me to do today? It's how he lived his life, our Prince of Peace. He said, it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. I will raise them up at the last day. And that's the purpose of Christmas. That God sent his own son, Jesus, our Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus lived that perfect life doing what his father asked him to do. And then he died on the cross. He took our pain, our suffering, our guilt for our sins. And he says, I'm going to take this on me. So that you and I could have freedom. So we could have a life free from our destructive habits, free from the pain and the hurts of our past. He says, I want to give you that eternal life. He's our Prince of Peace. But if Jesus is going to be your your Prince of Peace, your captain, your commander, your leader, you have to follow him. And sometimes that's, that's the hardest part. If I let go of my troubles, if I give them to Jesus, then I'm not in control anymore. But Jesus says, that's the way to peace. He says, come to me, bring me your troubles. He says, learn from me, learn how to listen, learn how to serve others. It'll bring you peace. He says, I have a job for you. I have work for you that is going to bring you life of fulfillment and satisfaction and peace. And following Jesus, that's, a, that's an everyday decision, and it's a once-in-a-lifetime decision. 
It's an everyday decision to say, Jesus, what do you want me to do today? And it's a once in a lifetime decision where we say, Jesus, I want you to come into my life and be my savior and be my captain, be my prince of peace. If you've never done that, I want to invite you to do that right now. This could be your best Christmas ever. It's right where you're seated, right where you are, wherever you're watching online. Say, Jesus, be my Prince of Peace. Just tell him something like this. Say, dear Jesus, just right where you are. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for being Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you. Jesus, say, I admit, I admit I don't deserve your love. Jesus, I'm a sinner. But you love me anyway. Jesus, I believe. Say, Jesus, I believe you love me enough to die for me. And I believe you rose from the dead. You say, just please, please forgive me. Please come into my life. Give me your peace. Invite Jesus in. It's right where you are. Say, Jesus, I'm inviting you in. And then tell him, Jesus, I will follow you from now on. Jesus, my Prince of Peace. Amen. If you told him that today, he is your Prince of Peace. He will guide you. He will lead you. Are you weary today? Do you have troubles that are weighing you down? Jesus says, come to me, and I will show you how to find peace. I want to pray with us. I want to pray with you today. Dear Jesus, you know the troubles that are weighing us down right now. Right now, Jesus, right now we're going to give them to you. Just whatever's weighing on you right now, say, Jesus, I'm giving this to you. Jesus, teach me a better way to live. Teach me to love and serve and value others' needs over my own. Jesus, show us the work you created us to do. Show each one of us here, Jesus, why you put us here on earth. Jesus, show us what you want us to do today. We love you, Jesus. We will follow you, our captain, our commander, our prince of peace. Amen. Thank you.